This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. He stopped and got a snake off the racetrack. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. He got it. So, everybody that knows him, they're freaking gone. Because... Hey, you know wait, he's probably uh, got uh, his uh, pocket. Dude, <laughs> you, you, know, you know he knows who's scared of the snake. Yeah. And that's the guy that he's looking for. Welcome to Fast Lane Family with Kelly Earnhardt Miller. Welcome to Fast Lane Family presented by Charlie Soap. Charlie Soap has a solution for every tough cleaning job that you need to tackle. If you want to know more about their products, go to charliesoap.com. And if you like what you see, you can purchase directly from their site or use their store locator to find a retailer near you. This week in studio, I have the infamous, you're you're pretty famous, <laughs> Danny Chocolate Myers from RCR, Richard Tortoise Racing with me. How are you today? I'm doing great. Good. Good you, to be here. You are infamous, aren't yeah. you? You know what? I've been lucky. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I told people before. If you've been fortunate enough or blessed enough to hang around with the people that, that, that I've had an opportunity to hang around with over the last 30 years, people should know who you are. That's right. You know, because yeah. being around those guys. Yeah. You're a good way to look at it. I was going to say uh, mammoth in, in stories and tales and size and yeah. everything else. <laughs> You're pretty big, well big, known. Big guy. <laughs> big guy with a lot of stories. Well, I, I'll tell you, um, and Kennedy, she didn't get to say, hey, but my nine-year-old daughter Kennedy asked me, we were talking about picking up from school today, and, and I said, well, I'm going to have to record my podcast, and so I'm going to come pick you up and bring you back to Junior Motorsports. And they said, well, who's your guest? And and I said, Chocolate Myers and Kennedy. Chocolate? Chocolate? You mean that big guy, that big dark guy? And I'm like, yeah, that's him. I love him, she says. And I'm thinking to myself, like, really? how do you know him? Yeah, right, like, right. What do you know? Yeah, seen you one so time. you're famous yeah. to, to my nine-year-old yeah, Kennedy. Well, yeah. that, that's good. Yeah. So let's go way back to getting started in your racing career and your family. Your dad, uh, Bobby Myers, pioneer of the NASCAR sport back in the 50s. So talk about your entry into racing and and getting associated with Richard. Well, you know, once again, uh, you'll hear me mention blessed multiple times because I feel like I have been blessed. You know, my dad, uh, one of the early pioneers in his sport, one of the Myers brothers, it was my dad, my Uncle Bill, Raced back with Ralph Earnhardt. Uh, the whole story, you know, they, they all they all raced back then, and they raced pretty much because they loved it. Uh, they certainly wouldn't make a living doing it like <laughs> like the guys are now. But you know, I, I grew up in racing. My dad got killed at Darlington in 1957, uh, driving for Lee Petty. And, and and speaking of stories, I'm going to tell you a great story right now. I got a picture, and and I didn't know a lot of these stories. You know, you know how it is. You you, yeah. you learn more about your dad every day. Yeah. Um, and, and you know a lot, but you hear these other little things and you go, really, you put two and two together. So my dad was driving at, at Darlington Southern 500 and he was driving for Lee Petty. Okay. Uh, qualified, started on the front row down there. And that was a pretty big deal, uh, for a guy that had run a lot of local races and, and only a handful of back then, uh, uh, grand national races or today's Sprint cup races. So I found the picture here not long ago and it was my dad. In an Oldsmobile convertible at Martinsville. I don't remember. You know, I look back through the records and I couldn't find any record of my dad driving at Martinsville. It's 1957. I saw Dale Inman one day and he said, Yeah, he said, Your dad was there at the racetrack uh, as a spectator. He went there to race. And he said, That day it was so hot that drivers were falling out. They couldn't take it. And he said, Lee Petty got overheated, had to have a relief driver. Find somebody and said the only person they could find was your dad. Your dad is at the racetrack with no nothing. 
you know, the guys today, you know, they got their stuff in the yeah. coach or they got their bag with them. He had nothing. He didn't even have a helmet. He borrowed a helmet from Tiny Lunn, who Tiny Lunn was about a 300-pounder. My dad was a small guy. The helmet was so big, and it, it wasn't a full helmet, wasn't even a half helmet. It's what They called them back then a turtle shell, three-quarter helmet. The helmet was so big, my dad put the helmet on backwards. He's making a pit stop. You know, I can see my dad sitting in the car making a pit stop. There's two guys changing the right front tire. No shirt on. Oh, by the way, no pit wall. <laughs> Richard Petty is putting the right front tire on the car. Oh, my gosh. But, but you know, and, and this goes back. But he ran so well, I think he finished third or fourth there that day. No record of it because, once again, Lee started the race. got the credit for it. So, evidently, Lee says, Bob, you did such a good job. I want you to drive my car at Darlington. And so a few weeks later, he went to Darlington, and that's where he got killed. But I do remember going to Petty Enterprise in 1957 when I was eight years old, playing in the yard beside of the Lee's house. They had a chassis dyno in 1957, and I remember my dad coming out of that building, and I remember going, Dad, how fast did you go? How fast did you go? And he said, oh, I went about 120. One of the very few things I can remember about my dad, but a few weeks later, at Darlington lost his life. Had your dad raced other races through that? Like, what was yeah. his his stature in the sport well, at that time? Like, you know, back then, just like Ralph Earnhardt, yeah. they raced anywhere and everywhere. Yeah. Ballman Gray Stadium, Raleigh. So that's what uh, he was Hillsburg. doing. Yeah. yeah. And, and then he did have, every once in a while, somebody would call and go, you know, we got a car, do you want to drive it? And he would go, sure. And and he had some other, I think in his total career, he had like 19 starts in in Grand National Racing. Um, did quite well in the convertible division. I think, you know, out of uh, 10 starts there, he had like eight top 10 finishes and four top five finishes. No wins uh, in the big division. But, you know, as far as the short tracks go, hundreds and hundreds of wins uh, in a short career. Do you have brothers and sisters? Got a brother. Got a yeah, brother. I got a brother. I Older down brother in or younger brother? A little brother. younger. We're, younger. We're 15 months apart. Okay. And uh, unfortunately, he's really sick. Uh, you know, Alzheimer's, to be quite honest with Aww. you. And uh, I got to go see him. Uh, went to see him in February when we went to Daytona. Mm-hmm. And I left laughing. I went back to see him about a month and a half later and left crying. Uh, so it's it's pretty fast. But, you know, growing up, and I'll get to this because everybody loves this. Growing up. We played little league football. We played for the Tiny Greyhounds. And, and remember, only 15 months apart, so we participated in a lot of things together. Together, yeah. You know, we were on the same team and all those things. Went out for a pass one day, and the, both of us with this dark complexion went out for a pass one day, and the coach says, catch the ball, uh, chocolate drop. So uh, they started calling me chocolate, but everybody laughed, and, and my brother was laughing, and, and he said, what are you laughing at? Because your name is Poncho. <laughs> so growing up, instead of being Danny and Richard, it was Chocolate and Poncho. We grew up uh, there in Winston Salem, just blocks away from Bowman Gray Stadium. Yep. So that's where it all was for you. And I also read your uncle; he was also killed at Darlington the following no, year. No? no, my uncle died at Bowman Gray Stadium. Okay. Less Same weekend. Than, less than a year later. Okay. Less um, than a year later. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my dad lost his life in 1957. My uncle Bill. Okay. Uh, Passed away uh, driving a race car at Bowman Gray Stadium. As a matter of fact, this is you've been in this business. You know how it works, those crazy stories. My Uncle Bill led the very last lap of his life, L- was leading the race, come under the flag stand, pulled in the pits, laid his head over on the steering wheel, and passed away. Wow. Now, I do remember some of those stories about 
how close my dad and and, and my uncle were brothers, Myers brothers. And some of those stories go back to, you know, even after my dad got killed, Bill would talk about being on the racetrack and seeing Bobby, you know. Uh, so, I've, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure that as hard as they worked back then, as much stress as they were under back then, that that had a lot to do with it because, you know, those guys worked all the time. Yeah. We we talk about today. I was laughing today, you know. Doing Not to you laughing? Yeah. Somebody was talking about how tough this sport is right now and how many hours they're working. And, oh, my gosh, the season is so long. And I said, you know what? Working in the cotton mill is tough. Uh, you know, uh, being a truck driver and driving 12 hours a day is pretty tough. You're in racing. How tough can it be? You, you're doing, you've got a job that 90% of the people that know you want to do. Would love to have, yeah. I, 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 think that, I think that sometimes what we do, we're so blessed to be doing this, and we kind of forget about it, and I think we need to be a little bit more thankful yeah. of, of being able to do it, you know. Oh, yeah. And you talk about the cotton mills and all that, like back in, you know, when my papa Ralph sure. or your dad raced, they worked a full-time job like yeah. that in some fashion of, a, you know, cotton mill or some type of mill or textile or something, and then worked on their race cars. You know, according to stories that I hear, they drove, you know, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sundays and yeah. raced four and five days, come back, work on the cars all night. Like sleep must have just not been in their vocabulary, I think, and, you know, raising their families and providing for their families. So You know, I, I go back to uh, to Ralph Earnhardt and can remember a little bit about Ralph. You know, knew, knew of Ralph uh, pretty much. But I, my mother uh, that's passed away now, my mother saved everything, everything that my dad was involved in, everything that happened. So growing up as a kid um, and not having anything, I mean, we, you know, I'll be quite honest with you, we grew up pretty tough. You know, you know, my dad was gone. I lived with my mother, my grandmother, and an uncle in a big house up in Winston-Salem. But I would go get those old programs page after page after page looking through them so that's the reason i remember all of these old guys you yeah know, you studied it ralph and, and and everybody else but i found something not long ago where it said uh, it was a fish carburetor advertisement and i know you probably don't know what that is but <laughs> fish carburetor was one of the and if you were going to run races and win races back in the day you had to have a fish carburetor and it says billy myers wins the 1956 uh national sportsman championship with a fish carburetor, 1,876 points or whatever the ungodly number was. Sure, they did it a different way. Over second place in the National Sports uh, Sportsman Championship, Ralph Earnhardt. Wow. So, and I've got so much of that old stuff that I just look back. And, 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 and you know what? I don't think I could be any more excited about our sport than what I'm seeing now because I look back and, and people want to tell you and I how much fun it used to be and how much <laughs> – and I'm going like, dude – we're in the good old days. I'm just telling you right now. You know, the, 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 a lot of people talk about, you remember the good old days? And I'm going like, hold on a minute. The good old days when we were driving all night long to get to the racetrack, uh, we were eating beanie weenies. Um, it was six of us staying in the same room, maybe. Um, are you talking about those good old days? Or are you talking about getting on the plane, going to the track, and having a catered meal? I'm just saying right. you know, we're in the good old days. Good point, good point. Well, so you you knew Richard as as a young guy around Bowman Gray yep. and around Winston area, and and got hooked up with him in that manner. But you actually decided to get out of racing, and I don't know what you did. What'd you do? Oh, it was bad. It was bad. Oh, it was bad. So, all right. So I grew up in racing, and you know I'm in high school, and I was helping my cousin, and we were racing. I tried to race, 
you know, back in those days, you could buy a race car for less than $100. Bowman Gray Stadium had the $99 claiming division. Anyway, I raced with my cousin. We run some late model cars and, you know, things, family things, and, and things happen, and I kind of got away from it. And I went, I was working at the motorhome place. I worked at the Chevrolet dealership. Oh, I got into the biker scene there for a while, had the Harleys and built the Harleys and did all of that stuff. And then things just weren't going too well in my life. Uh, I was sitting at my mother's house, my grandmother and my mother, once again, still living there together. And about 1981, I guess it was, there was a race on TV, which was pretty darn unusual. Yeah, 79 was and the I'm, first televised yeah, race. So. And I'm watching this race. And I see Childress, and I see Tim Brewer, Brewer, a guy that I grew up with. And I go, you know what? What, what am I doing? This is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. I'm going to try to get me a job in racing. Now, I've never really been around big-time racing very much, Winston Cup. But I knew because back at Bowman Gray Stadium, the whole time we were growing up, once a year they had the Myers Brothers Memorial Race, which was a Winston Cup or Sprint Cup race. And all the guys would come over, so I knew them. I knew Richard Petty, and I knew Junior Johnson. I knew those guys. So I decided that to be in this, I was going to have to have a connection. I couldn't just walk in the door. And I decided, and I manned up one day, and I loaded up. I said, I'm going to go see Junior Johnson. So I go up to Junior's place and and get in the garage. Heck, you just walk in. Yeah. <laughs> and I go in, I ask two or three people, you know, is Junior around? So finally Junior comes out. He's got on white pants. He's got on a white T-shirt like he used to wear around the shop. And I said, uh, I don't know whether you remember me or not, but Bobby Myers was my daddy, you know, kind of my way in the door. And uh, he said, oh, yeah. He said, I remember. Raced with your daddy a little bit, you know, back. He was, his career ended about the time mine started, but I remember your dad. I said, I, I just, I want to get a job back in racing. And I know you're starting two teams next year. He said, yeah. He said, I'm starting two teams. He said, but. To be honest with you, he said, I've hired about everybody I need. He said, where you live at? I said, I'm still living in Winston-Salem. He said, i tell you what you probably need to do. He said, you need to go down there and talk to Childress. He said, because I think that uh, I think Childress is going to have a team that's going to go somewhere one day. He said, go down there and talk to him. Now, let me back up just a little bit because I already had a little bit of a relationship with Richard. 1969, we went to Daytona together. Went in that racetrack in 1969. We might have had $200 between all of us. Uh, anyway, went did Daytona, and we came back from Daytona, and a couple weeks later, Richard said, hey, you want to go to Richmond with me? Sure, I'm right out of high school. I have nothing to do. I don't have a job or anything. We went to Richmond, Virginia. By this time, Richard had bought him a truck, kind of. I don't know what it was. It wasn't much. It's kind of like one of those trucks with a couple of service station ramps <laughs> welded on the back of it. We go to Richmond, Virginia, and when we pull into the racetrack, the truck blows up. We unloaded the car. Uh, we raced that day, and the race was over. Richard came over and said, I need you to do me a favor. What do you need? I need you to stay up here and look after this. I have got to go to work. I can't afford to lose my job. I stayed up there that night. Uh, we actually pulled it over to some old motel around the corner. Uh, Richard got a ride back but with uh, Ken Rush or one of those guys that were all racing. Look, back then, everybody was racing out of North Carolina anyway. Yeah. Wasn't that hard to get a ride. Somebody was coming back. Richard gets a ride back. Went to work the next day. Worked at Douglas Battery. Worked all day long at Douglas Battery. Got off of work. Went over to Johnny Wheeler's. And Johnny Wheeler, 
back in the day was pretty big into racing uh had run a lot of grand national races he was a heavy equipment guy and and johnny loaned richard his truck richard drives that truck all the way back to richmond gets back about midnight that night take me 95 is not done yet we load the truck with the car on the back of it on the back of that other truck and drove all night long to get home so richard could go to work the next day now reason i tell this story I told this story for years and years, but I had no proof of it. When we built the new race shop, we were doing a little wall down there in kind of Richard's history. And Judy found a picture of that truck sitting in the front of their house on Devo Street because that's where the garage was at in the carport. <laughs> Unloading that car on the back of that truck on the back of that other truck. So, wow. Well, I'm going to fast forward because I got a few questions for you because I wrote down some specific things I wanted to ask you because I had this opportunity. Now, I mean, I've known you all my life, right. but I knew you all my life as like I was this little right. kid and this, you were this big scary guy, yeah. right? So yeah. <laughs> uh, I can call you a friend and I know both of us would give each other the shirt off our back yeah, kind of absolutely. relationship, yeah. but I don't know, like there's lots of things I want to know. So I'm going to ask like some, okay. just some specific questions. You you were the gas man for 17 years. You retired in 2002 after my dad passed away. The whole time of the Flying Aces, I mean, I just remember as a kid that was, you know, you guys were the stuff. I mean, y'all yeah. were the stuff. When did that kind of change? And what was your reason for retiring? I mean, you just had done it long enough. Mm -hmm. But was that kind of when pit crews were changing, kind of the changing of the guard of well, what they consisted of then versus now? A lot of people don't know this, but, you know, when we lost your dad. And, we're going to talk about that, too. We, anyway, we, you know, tell, I had, tell whatever stories you had, want I had to, because I want to talk about that too. I had so don't be scared this. to talk about anything. No, I'm not. <laughs> I, we we did this so long, and it was so awesome because every time that we left that building, we knew that we had a pretty freaking good chance of winning that race. Yeah, you know, it was the dangest thing, and we had so much respect because I guess we made it look easy. You know, I don't know <laughs> when when, <laughs> and, but 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 it wasn't easy. There was nobody any harder to work for than Richard. You could play all you wanted to play. Or my dad. <laughs> or your dad. Go out and do whatever you want to do. Stay out, do whatever. When it came time to be at that racetrack, you better be there. You better be 100%. Do whatever else you wanted to do. One of the first times going into Daytona and walking in the garage area about 7.05 in the morning. 7.05 in the morning. And Richard Childress was in the back of the truck and went, come here. All of you come here. The next time that gate opens... You better be the first ones through it. And I think that both of those guys had to be that guy Yeah. to to do what they were able to do. We played hard. We worked hard. We, we did everything wide open. But you did not let the other guy down. You could be dying. You could be sick as a dog. You went to that racetrack because you didn't want the other guy to have to do your stuff. Right. So we do that the whole time. You know, we, we, we're, we're, we're that team for all of those years, you know. A few people leave, a few people come along, but we still had that, that core group around Richard and Dale. For me, I was there in 2001. We started the year, you know, in, in, in part of 2001, Kevin comes along. And in 2002, Kevin wanted to make a change. Uh, he wanted a new pit crew. And that was tough to do. Uh, I remember Richard talking to him, and I'm not, I've never told a lot of people about this. Richard called us in the office, and, and he said, hey, Kevin wants to make a change, and I feel like I've got to do it for him, to make him happy and he said you don't have to change if you don't want to you've been on this team from day one and if you want to stay on this team stay on this team i said the guys that i'm working with are leaving i'm going with them so in 2002 i, I, I left the 29 car yeah. the three car 
Okay. And I went with Robbie and finished out the rest of the year. And then I kind of knew that I was getting kind of on the tail end of this because Richard's wanting us, you know, we got to start doing these workouts. We've got to start going, like, dude, <laughs> dude, you know, workout. We've never yeah, worked out. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and that was kind of the end of that yeah, for me. Yeah. What was the one thing over the, my dad's career that I know you probably took away a lot of life lessons, but what you most like respected about my dad throughout working with him that whole time? Well, never give up, I guess. And, and the, the desire, the determination, you know, I, I love to tell the stories about, I talked about this today, that he was 100% in to, to, to that job. He wasn't afraid of anything. He was, you know, we went to Rockingham one day to test. You know, one of my, one of my great stories, we're at Rockingham. Nobody has radios. Nobody has TV. No, we don't have any of that stuff. We're at Rockingham, and it's a handful of guys down there testing. By the way, when you got ready to test, you just called the racetrack and said, hey, we're going to come test. And they went, well, the ambulance guy's going to charge you $50. Well, that's fine. Get them over there. Can I get the news people to come over and do a story? That's about what you had to do. So we've got a Rockingham's test. And Dale goes, we do something to the car. And he goes out on the track and you hear him go down into turn one, back off, go down the back stretch, comes back around, goes down the back stretch, and you hear him downshift. You know, nobody's on the truck. Nobody's got a What's he doing? What is what the heck is he doing? You hear the engine shut down. Has he got a problem? I, I don't know. Do we need to go over there? Uh, oh, you hear it crank back up. Here he comes back through the shifter, comes down pit road. He comes into the garage area. He stopped and got a snake off the racetrack. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He got it. So everybody that knows him, they're freaking gone. because hey, You know wait, he's probably uh, got uh, in his uh, pocket. Uh, dude, <laughs> you, you, know, you know he knows who's scared of the snake. Yeah. And that's the guy that he's looking for. Yeah. Buddy Baker was there that day, and Buddy Baker, being a, a dear friend and a pretty smart guy, Baker says, I'm out of here because I know what he's going to do with that. So, <laughs> he anyway. was a prankster yeah. for sure. Oh, Lord. Yeah. You got a good um, Dale Jr. and Kelly kid story? My favorite one that I didn't know about till a long time, and I've told you this before, but he comes over there one day. He said, hey, he's fitting a seat or something. And, and a lot of people thought that we spent a lot of time together. Yeah. We didn't. We spent time together at the They thought that us about us, too, and we were daughter and dad. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. I know. Like, I can probably you count know. on one hand how many family dinners we had together, right? I, I know. Uh, but, and you guys were off in school. Yeah. And, you know, we didn't get to see you very much. Yeah. Uh, sometimes in the summertime. But uh, he comes up there to the shop one day, and he, we got a new car or something. He's in our fitness seat, and he went, take my truck. And go up to school and pick up uh, Dale Jr. And Kelly. Yeah, we were in military school. In military, Oak Ridge. Ridge. Right. And I remember going up there that day, and there you are in your uniform, and you're standing outside. And I go, "Where's your brother at? He's he's got detention. He can't he can't he can't come out." <laughs> okay, come on. You get in the truck with me. We go back to the shop. It was years later, years later, that Dale Jr. finally told me one day he went. You remember that day that you had come up to uh, to Oak Ridge and pick up. Kelly and I said, yeah, he said, I wanted to see my daddy so bad. And he said, I had, I had thought about my daddy. I just want to see my daddy. And he said, and I saw my daddy's truck pull up there. And he said, and I saw Kelly go out and get in that truck. And I saw that truck pull away. He said, that's the worst my feelings had ever been hurt in my life. <laughs> that I wanted to see my daddy so bad. And he came up there and, and didn't even come in and speak to me. He didn't know it was that me. Was you. <laughs> he didn't know it was me for, for a long time. But uh, that's, you know, I guess that's my best one. But, you know, being around you guys and seeing you at the racetrack and, and, and knowing you. But, like you said, we never spent any 
quality time or yeah. any family time Networking. together. You know, yeah. What a good memory I had of, of spending time with you guys. We would always come up to the shop on January first to eat oh, yeah. New Year's dinner. Yeah. yeah. And they always cooked it up at RCR. Yeah, I we did. always rode up there. Yeah. We had to have our greens for yep. money and yep. the beans for health or whatever it was. Yep. But that was a staple in our life for a long time there. Look, I have the, <laughs> and still have it, the big cast iron kettle that yeah. we cook all this stuff in. And, and they got into this, you know, it's good luck. And by the way, yeah. there's, <laughs> he was very superstitious, you know. Uh, yes, he was. Like, hey, dude, get it. Get those freaking, if he sees you with those peanuts, he's going to, I'm telling you. Oh, yeah, $50 like, bills, yeah, very you know, superstitious. Oh, yeah. Did you have an opinion Maybe maybe you've shared this and I haven't heard it, but when Dale was leaving Dale and Hart Incorporated in 2007, yeah. did you have a, a thought or opinion when he didn't choose to go to RCR to drive? Yes, I did. And this is kind of my own thing. And I've thought about it and I give it a lot of thought. And I don't think either one of them – well, to start with, if Dale Jr. comes to RCR – they expect him to win seven. Well, they do anyway. Right. Yeah, they expect they, that anyway, but they expect even more so. Win, <laughs> right. uh, yeah, seven championships right. and all that stuff. They expect him to be his dad, and he's not. I'm not. And this is me. I'm not so sure that Richard wanted him there, and 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 because of this, because Richard and Dale were such good friends. Yeah. And it hurt him so bad. I don't think he could have took it if something had happened to Dale Jr. Yeah. And remember, this is a time in that sport, or in our sport, it's still dangerous. Yeah. We, we're still getting people hurt. And I, I thought about that for for a long, long time. And, and I understood, and and I don't know if they ever had the conversation. I don't know. That's yeah. I, I'm really, you know, I love to tell people I'm not the front office guy. You know, <laughs> Richard Childress has done a pretty darn You're good job. You're not the right hand. <laughs> That's right. He's done a pretty darn good job without asking me any questions. <laughs> uh, but I often thought that it would be best for both of them. Yeah. Because, look, we were pretty darn close. To locking the doors. Yeah. You know, when you are operating and you're in business, you know what it's like. And now, I mean, you think about the guy that's your best friend, your hero, the guy that you're making a living with, and all of that stops at one time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'll tell you what it did. It made us all think. It made us all think a lot of the what ifs. Right. And, you know? Yeah, I was just curious because, you know, that's, a, that's something that, you know, everybody compares oh, yeah. or wants to compare Dale to Dad. And, you know, why didn't you go to RCR? I and mean, if you would just be at RCR, XYZ would happen. And I'm yeah. like, you know, there would just be more pressure. And, oh, yeah. And, you know, obviously the timing wasn't right because it didn't happen. But I think the backstory of the understanding of what Dale yeah. Jr. was living up to and the timing and all of that and uh, was, yeah, I was just curious what your um, – and by the way, be. by the way, I got a couple more things I'll tell you here real quick that, that you don't have on that list. You don't know. You haven't seen my list. I know this because nobody knows this. Nobody knows this, so I couldn't have known. The first person to congratulate Dale Jr. when he won his very first race was me standing at the end of pit road in in, um, in Texas. And when he came down pit road, Rusty was right behind me. Yeah. Rusty's probably going to try to get that credit. It wasn't. It was me. And then the, then when Dale Jr. won the July race in Daytona. Yeah. And there was, was so crazy. much, uh, so much emotion yeah. there, especially for me, and I'm, I, and I, and I, and I know that those guys have worked hard, and I don't want to get in the middle of their thing, but I want him to know, you know. And I ran out there, and I, and I've got my shirt pulled, and everybody's going, "What the heck are you doing?" And I'll had, I had my t-shirt on with a three on it. Uh. You know, that, that was it. <laughs> and we did that, then I walked away and, yeah. and let those guys celebrate. That's cool. 
I did have on here. <laughs> this is a, this has got nothing to do with my dad. Yeah. But how in the world did you ever pull off a surprise wedding? Did you really pull off a surprise wedding to your wife Karen? You know, Karen was in. Um, we'd been dating for a while. She yep. was actually in California. Yep. And I read the story. Yeah. So. And and we decided that one thing, and then yeah, so we ended up. Uh, I mean, she literally flew here from yeah. California. She yeah. thought she was coming for a visit. Right. Right. You have this surprise wedding plan. Yeah. You present her with flowers yeah. off the plane, yeah. and you like tell her that you guys are Gotta going go somewhere. Got to go get a dress. Yeah. And go she was kind of maybe giving you a hard time because in the yeah. in the story you were saying about you're really going to want to be at this event, yeah. right? Yeah. And she had no clue. You went to the jewelry store. Right. Went at that the, point, did she have a clue? <laughs> well, went to the jewelry store. This is where we got married at. At the jewelry store. Okay, so you got store. married at Hayes. Here's okay. what was going to happen. Okay. okay. We were going to do, we were going to go to Justice Peace to get married. So y'all had been talking about getting been, married. Been talking right, about, we're right. going to go to Justice yeah. Peace. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, a Thursday uh, before Martinsville. Okay. And uh, anyway, so we're going to do the Justice Peace. So I go up and see our old buddy, Bruce Hayes. You know, Bruce, I need to, you need rings. We're going to get married. No, you can't do that. You got to do it here. We'll just do it here. And so Bruce gets decorates the the, the jewelry store up, and you know, and you get married right. We there. get married right there. I think got this married is there. Awesome. Got married there. Go to Greensboro. <laughs> stay that night. Get up the next morning. Uh, walking in the racetrack, and John Andretti. We're walking in kind of the same time Martinsville. The back in the day, you walked. We across, had to walk across, across the racetrack. <laughs> we start, and John said something like, "Hey." Uh, are you not going to hold hands with your girlfriend? I went, hey, dude, it's not my girlfriend. It's my wife. That's the first person that I got to tell that to. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I couldn't believe I'm like, this could, This can go like, the fact that you had talked about going to the Justice Peace, I can see yeah. why you surprising and planning the wedding and having it at Hayes all worked out yeah. well. But it could go one way or the other. I mean, that's kind of cool. Like, would, wouldn't that be cool if they yeah. just somebody just planned and surprised you with your wedding? Yeah. yeah. A story where my dad just really, 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 really ticked you off. Just one now. <laughs> he had to make you mad at some point. God, I'm sure he did, but there's so many other stories. All the good ones are all the good ones. Kind of, oh, well, yeah, you know, you know, I'm sure I've been mad at him before. You know, oh, he'd hurt you now. I'm t- he'd freaking hurt you. Boy, I, I want to. I know one. I broke my ribs. I fell at the house and I broke my ribs. You know what you do for broke ribs? Nothing. 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 <laughs> we go to Daytona in July. I, I go to Daytona with broke ribs, and now I'd been doing this. Acting like I was picking up a gas can all week. Like, that don't hurt. That That's good. That don't hurt. We get to Daytona, and the race starts. We come in for the first pit stop, and I grab a full can of gas. I don't know if people in the stands heard me screaming or not. It hurt as bad as anything ever hurt me. So we make that pit stop, and then I, I get the guys just take Coy or one of them over, wrap me with duct tape. Just wrap it around me as tight as you can. So we ended up making one more pit stop. Then it rained the rest of that race out. Uh, and we're back at the truck, and... and, and I'm over there talking about my ribs and everything. If you told him that your foot was broke, he'd stomp your foot, right? I'm going like, it's my ribs. Boom! He hits me right in the ribs, you know? <laughs> Kelly, we're, know. we're at Charlotte one time. We're at Charlotte. You know you know how, how your dad was about autographs and stuff, and sometimes he'd do them, sometimes he just, yeah, he didn't want to. We're at Charlotte down there about Charlotte opened on Tuesday. You know, qualifying was on Wednesday or whatever. Anyway, it was, it was like Wednesday, early Wednesday, qualifying late on Wednesday afternoon. He's down there and he makes the last run of the day, does a plug check, coast comes in the garage area, and he goes, hey, get look under this car. Something, something's broke up. Something hit the bottom. I felt something. Get Something's under there. I'm telling you right now. I, know, I felt something flopping around under the car. Something's loose. 
get it over at jack stands we're all under that car we're all looking under that car and, and there's nothing there's nothing we, yeah so we finished car get ready for qualifying you know we got all the whole day and you know how that qualifying thing people are coming in places getting packed garage area full of people getting ready to go qualify pushing the car out to the line qualified big deal you know here we are pushing dale's walking side ups sky says dale dale sign my cast Earnhardt's over under, bumbling under his breath. I ain't signing no damn body's damn cast on her leg. The guy goes, Dale, sign my cast. You run over my foot earlier today. Oh. And we all, we all at the same time, even even Dale, we all at the same time had that. That's what that was. That's what that, Earnhardt says. Oh, Dale my says, gosh. Come over here. I'll sign it. <laughs> he signed this kid because he knew. <laughs> that he ran That's what guy. he felt earlier. That's what he built into that car. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hmm. What else? You're gonna retire at RCR? If I retire, it'll be. If you RCR. retire, <laughs> but you know what? I, I see people that retire, and next thing you know, you're going like, "Hey, you know, they, they they're done." <laughs> I don't want to retire. Yeah. I, I I love what I'm doing. You know, it's it's like when I got off the road. Karen said, "It's going to kill you not going to the racetrack." I said, "No." You know, I think I'm ready for this. And and doing the radio show on Sirius and being at the museum up there, I'm still doing the things I love doing. I'm still yeah. meeting the people. And the people, the people, by the way, uh, no race fans, no racing. took me a little while to learn that, you know. Back in the day, I might have been the guy going like, hey, get, you move back. You want to do that? Come in here. Let me show yeah, you. Yeah, right. Come on. <clears throat> let me show you how this works. Yeah. You know, the, the, the museum, same deal. Put things in there. To educate the race fans because, you know, when, when you find out the more they know, the, the better they love it. And the better they love it, the more they're going to participate in what we're doing. And yeah. we don't have those guys. We don't have anything. No, no, definitely not. So one of the coolest things that, that I've seen lately, and I left. By the way, I've never seen anybody any more humble than Dale Jr. to win at Martinsville. And then he tweets something like, it's 2.16 if anybody wants to know. Yeah, the time. And everybody's yeah. going like, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> I'm like, it's that freaking clock, dude. He's got that clock. Yeah. <laughs> One of those was right in the foyer of Dad's house, the house we grew up in on mm-hmm. the lake forever and a day. You know, um, we were the first car to test at Phoenix, and the only way we could make that happen. We raced in North Wilkesboro, and we had a plan there that and Goodyear evidently was paying for it. I don't know who's paying for it, but they said – all right, you guys have got to be, as soon as the race is over, you've got to get to the airport. But what we're going to do, we've got you some helicopters out here. Take the helicopters, and we're going to go down to Dale's house there at the lake. And, you know, we'll follow each other there. And then we'll get we'll change clothes and everything, and we'll go from there down to the airport. And we're going to go to Phoenix. And the car is all, you know, sent the car out there on a, on a with a dually <laughs> and just a handful. Of, you know, it didn't have, yeah. you didn't have two sets of everything. You yeah. sent every, yeah. whatever we could out there. So, of course... Of course, Dale. He says, I'm going to go over and get that one helicopter. Y'all come on behind me. I'd been to that house one time in my life, driving. Um, as a matter of fact, we had a party down there, and that's the last party he decided he'd never have another party there <laughs> because of uh, probably liability reasons yeah. at the house. But anyway, so he gets the helicopter and he leaves. So we get out there and get in the next helicopter, and the guy says, where are we going? going I have no Hell clue. <laughs> well, down to Dale's house. Where's he live? I don't know. It's, it go. So and we're in a helicopter flying down the road. And I know that it might seem easy to find anything. It's not. <laughs> Tell a helicopter pilot. Where you're going. Dude, do you know where 77's at? 
Yeah, go over and get above 77. <laughs> and then you're going to... Is that 150 up there? Take a fly, ride. right. <laughs> Had to go take the helicopter and go down the highways that's just funny. like you were driving and go over there and, and, and go out to Phoenix. To oh, that's too funny. Well, I mean, you got, you're you going to have to write a book one day. I know. You want to write a book? Would you write a book? Yeah, Karen, we, we've been talking about it, and, and, and I need to. But it'll be... You know, Here's the deal. Your dad evidently had a lot more friends than I thought he had because after we lost him... So many people were telling stories, and I'm going like, dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was there. That didn't never, happen. I don't never remember seeing your ass. I'm just, I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know who you think you are or who you are. You know, It happens. You know, you know I, I could not believe all of that. But, yeah, I need, need to do that. And uh, I have a funny story about that when I was in college in Wilmington, and I, I dated this guy there, and he happened to be sitting out on – the steps of one of the buildings at school and another guy was standing out there with a group of friends talking about a date that he had went out with me on like the prior night or two and my boyfriend's sitting there like okay i know this isn't true because you know a i know where she was you know and b i'm her boyfriend and uh, so yeah stories like that they they happen (laughs) And, and the more famous you are yeah the more stories well the the more more people know that that the more relatives you have (laughs) yeah the more more relatives you have but I was talking about my mom's house, to go over to your grandmother's house, go over to Martha's house. It's kind of the same deal, except my mother wouldn't let everybody come in and visit. Uh, and she, like my I mamma. Get, I get so many people to come to the museum. I go, oh, thank you for coming by. Where you guys been? We went to see Martha, and we've been down there for about an hour and a half. <laughs> Talking, hours. I know. It's right. It's true. It's true. We have, They come here. They say the same thing. Oh, yeah, we've been down at your mamma. She's yeah. so nice. Yeah. Yeah, we're just sitting in her living room talking. <laughs> like, okay. Amanda, I was I was actually just thinking about this last week, doing laundry and stuff, and I was lo- noticing how bare my cabinets were where I keep my cleaning products. Yeah. And I, it got me thinking, like, now that I have the Charlie Soap products, I just, I mean, I only have a handful of things that I need to use, you know, to clean because, like, the kitchen and bath cleaner they does do so, so many. many yeah, they do yeah. so many things. and used to be I had glass cleaner and and tile cleaner and toilet bowl cleaner and stuff for the counters and floor (laughs) cleaner and you know you got bleach and your your other stuff and you've combined everything into one product yeah so it's great yeah Yeah. that that kitchen and bath cleaner it's I I don't know how many things it does it's got a list of things but I think it's every little cleaning detail that you have just on your weekly cleaning we're gonna have to um I'm gonna have to try it out on I noticed this morning when I was leaving Wyatt has big red jello stains on the carpet below his seat (laughs) at the kitchen table so I'm gonna have to try it out on that and um, (laughs) see if I can get it to take up red dye we'll see how that works oh boy that'll be next week we'll find out (laughs) exactly so if you want to know more about the uh, Charlie soap cleaners the kitchen and bath cleaner and their laundry detergents as well definitely go to their website charliesoap.com they have an online store there where you can purchase directly and you can also use their store locator to find a retailer near you all right amanda it was great having chocolate on with us today but now it's time for ask kelly remember that you can submit your questions to me on my twitter earnhardt kelly using the hashtag ask kelly and you can also put those on my facebook kelly earnhardt our first one is from facebook it's janet eggwire eggwire i'm assuming how will you spend your thanksgiving this year 
This year, uh, Thanksgiving's going to be a little bit, well, I, I guess it'll be a little different. We have typically been going up to Pennsylvania for Thanksgiving, which we're still going to do, LW and myself and Wyatt. But my girls are headed off to California to spend Thanksgiving with their dad and go to, is it Disneyland that's out in California? Yes, Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to, you know, the family's kind of going to be separated and apart, but um, LW and Wyatt and I are going to drive up to Pennsylvania and stay, you know, through the holiday. Um, I think Dale's got a trip planned with some friends of his during Thanksgiving week. Uh, Mom and Willie are going to stay back here in North Carolina. So we're kind of going to have a non-traditional Thanksgiving where we're all not really together. (laughs) (laughs) Sabrina Williams on Facebook. Do you have an opinion on big name drivers running nationwide in truck series races against all these upcoming drivers? Yeah, Sabrina, this is a hot topic. You know, for us, owning a nationwide team, I know the importance of having the big name drivers, as you call them. So I'm going to, you know, say Dale and Kevin and Casey in my stance. But, you know, Brad Kozlowski, Joey Logano, those guys that drive in the nationwide series, it's really important to have them to leverage sponsorship. And uh, I think that's kind of the balance that's trying to happen right now of how you bring these up and coming drivers into the sport with the money that you need to wrap around them and race, but they're not known. So they can't go into the marketplace and, and sell and move product. Uh, that's where you need the other guys. So it's kind of a, it's, it's pretty tricky right now. It's heavy topic of conversation on how these young drivers are going to get their seat time and, and get into the sport. Um, at the same time while having the other guys kind of promote products and, and being able to wrap sponsorship around them. So pretty, pretty tricky area right now. At Tiffany Wolk, if you had one guest on your podcast out of everyone in the world, who would you want that person to be? Reba McIntyre. <laughs> I had a feeling he would say Reba. <laughs> I don't know what I would ask her and what I would feel comfortable talking with her about, but yeah, she would be an excellent choice. And probably my second pick would be Blake Shelton and Miranda Lambert because oh. Blake Shelton, if you follow him on Twitter, he's absolutely freaking hilarious. <laughs> um, so that would be good. But Reba would be my first choice, but she probably would decline. So. Oh, well, that'll be a pipe dream, Amanda. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> Maybe next year. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us on this second to last episode of Fast Lane Family for the year. We hope you'll join us for our season finale next week, and we look forward to talking with you then. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo Radio. Thank you, everyone, for checking out this week's edition of Fast Lane Family presented by Charlie Soap. You've heard us preach all year long about Charlie Soap's wonderful line of products, but if you haven't, please go to their website, charliesoap.com, and make a purchase. Trust us, we won't steer you wrong.